Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So Pete Menifee, this is number 1007 interviews we've done together. Oh my God. <laughs> We've done, I've had you on early on, and then you've been on some panels. We've done part two, part three. Oh, also today's Miss Bluebell's birthday. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh. And I just posted with photos because your story about having pizza with her in oh. Paris is one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, and so I, before I sent you the Zoom link, I was trying to find your email on our Facebook link and I asked her permission. I want to read our thread. Because we started out as total strangers, and I might be presumptuous to say I call you friend. I feel like we're friends. Um, if I a meal with someone, we're friends. And so I had I had lunch at your house. We're friends, yeah. Absolutely, we <laughs> okay. are. Absolutely. And so this is starts out is like a total stranger reaching out with this weird request. So I'm just going to read through here. I might skip some parts to, to show how silly we are with trying to figure out um, Zoom. Okay, so a hype. This is uh, April 17th, 2020. So the pandemic had just hit. Everything's in lockdown and I'm starting to reach out. I hope you are faring okay through these crazy times we're in and putting together interviews for a podcast I'm working on, Bluebells Forever. If you'd be willing, I'd love to interview about Uh your career as a dancer, costume designer for Hello Hollywood and other Don Arden shows. My younger dancers are in awe of the glamorous life we lived. I'll get a few interviews done, then edit and release in a month or so. Stories from quarantine. And you said, great, count me in. And then it's housed next week, whatever works for you, I'm retired at, and isolating at home. Will it be a phone interview? If so, we should try to use my house line. I live in Hollywood Hills. Reception on my cell phone is sometimes spotty. It goes on and on of how we can't figure out how to do Zoom. <laughs> we missed each other. We okay. had no connection. I thought you were on. I'm not a techie. Um, and you're not much of a tech person. So this is probably seven or eight things. Uh, then you talked about how you're retired. Um, I'm excited to hear more of your story. And you just said, well, there's a lot of it. I got my equity card at 14 and danced professionally until I was 26, 12 years ago. Uh-huh. Then working as a costume designer until retired at 70. So I've worked my worked in the business my whole life, blessed. And I said, it's a great story. Then we go on again about Zoom, Skype. How does this work? Oh, God. <laughs> it goes on. Um, still a lion line. Uh there was still, oh, then I was talking, you want to know if it was going to be video. And I said, no, it's audio. You go, great, because I need a haircut badly. And I said, me too, because this is COVID, remember? Nobody had a haircut. So you downloaded Zoom finally and got a free version. So this is going on for many times of trying to, so I finally found your email that was there. Um, so then there's still, this is going on. We still haven't connected. And so <laughs> we finally get in. Oh. Okay. Okay. So then. Oh, then you, I asked, I was asking you if it was possible to hook me up with Bob Mackey because I knew you worked with them. And then you were saying that you didn't have connection anymore, but you, uh, almost everybody you knew mutual had died. Uh, but then we were talking about how to get a hold of Bob Mackey that actually I contacted someone. So at the end of August, I have an interview with Bob Mackey finally. Oh, great. But the more I've learned about you, the high, high, it's like, oh, elevate Pete way, way, way up there because I knew you did costumes. And then we played our game of what Pete didn't design. You've done everything. So anyway, so I was trying to, anyway, both of you guys are like, or the ones we all talk about. 
okay, but they're got in some funny stuff here. Okay, we're talking about bevels. Da da da. Okay, this is this is something I wanted to get to. It's funny. Okay, so it says I listened to all the podcasts. So interesting to hear how everyone got into the shows and how they felt about being in them. I don't think any of us appreciated it fully what we were involved in. To me, it was just a good job that allowed me to build all over the world. I didn't even think of the scale of the shows. I just pushed through a bit at a time with lots of help from the wonderful technicians who manufactured what I had designed. Sure, I'm up for it. Thanks for asking. And we're still trying to coordinate. I think we're trying to get to interview number two. Wow. And then um, we, you, this was at the end of our interview and you shared about the fire at Jubilee. And I think we got cut off and I said, I lost you. I did a goodbye on your behalf. Uh, honored to share. Oh, this is a different one. This is October. I've been thinking about you today. I'm so sorry we did not get a proper goodbye. I'm also acknowledging that your story was very personal and traumatic, and I appreciate you sharing, but checking to see how you're doing after telling it. I hope you have space to process and feel this feeling. Billy's feelings are probably much closer to the surface. I'm feeling sad for your loss of a good friend in such a tragic way, and also your own story of terror and loss. I don't take your story lightly and what it cost you. I hope you feel the support as you tell the story and process. You're an inspiring and beautiful soul. I'm honored to share this part of dance history with you. So this is where I'm starting to feel very connected to not just hearing people's stories, but like how vulnerable it is. And then you responded. Thank you very much. The fire was terrifying. A couple of times I really thought I was over. It was over. And I think having the responsibility of the two couples made me focus on what we could do to stay safe. For years after the fire, whenever I was in a hotel or on location, I checked the fire escapes every hotel. When I opened Epcot and Disney, the night we opened the park as well, I woke up in the middle of the night smelling smoke, no alarm. I ran down my floor, pounding on doors and yelling fire. We went down the fire escape stairs. I think this is where you're talking about the fire. The fire had been in the room directly below me, caused by someone smoking in bed. After several years, the memory seemed to soften. I have made peace with Terry's sons and strangely have never had a nightmare of the fire. Never. A real blessing. I don't really talk about it with people. And my fear about being interviewed has been that I'd cry telling it. But I guess I've gotten over that too. Although I had a few moments with you where I had to stop and compose myself, I really never even sat down and talked with Diane about it. Although we shared half the experience. Thanks for your consideration and for your work. I enjoy hearing everyone's history on your shows. We all start in the same class, but it seems as we work and grow, everyone's lives become so varied and different. Really interesting. Sorry, my computer dumped you. And I just wish you much love and peace. You're a unique and wonderful person. Our hardship should never be minimized. I hope sharing your story only when it's safe and the right time will bring a little more healing and grace. You said, I'm sure it will. Just verbalizing it is a step. Yeah. Um, Then I checked in with you and then we get into... Oh, okay. We get into some other stuff. I do want to get to where it starts to get really silly. Um, and I was talking about like just how people always talk about how they love wearing your costume. So many interviews you're in there and people just say like, what an honor. And then you oh. told me to check out Karen fed or Karen. Yeah. So we talked about that. What's in the history. I can't, I'm not going to read every single thing. Cause this is going to go on, but um, yeah. Oh. oh, then, then, oh, and then I'm saying that I come down and see you. Um, okay, so this, what was this one? I was talking to you about coming down. We were on an interview, 
And you said, Sherry, sorry that I cut out so fast, but I really had to go to the John. I'd eaten a huge lunch and oh my God, I thought you were going to get a really interesting podcast. <laughs> I remember like you just disappeared. You said, it's because you had to go to the bathroom. And I, yeah. I'm laughing out loud again, reading this after listening to your voice message. I understand that sense of urgency. And then you put ha 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 ha. And then we talked about um, me and Athena and I coming down for the road trip. And then um, you gave me your address which I won't tell and you told me to order off the menu um oh this is interesting too uh anyway so we had we had lunch with you and it was wonderful to get and then you we ordered wine and you ordered sandwiches and your yard is beautiful and Athena and I both we both are fangirls and so just to sit with you and have it be really casual and have you just tell stories and I still want you on on video to tell the one about your baby John experience, but we'll save that for another time because <laughs> I was crying, oh. laughing so hard. Like how can more things not, how can more things go wrong in a show? Oh, okay. So I do want to get to, when I reached out to you about the feathers um, and then I'll stop. I won't go into, you're sending me like memes of Madonna on tour. You're <laughs> straight out of the con. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. You're sending me these really funny memes. Um, oh gosh, it just goes on. Okay. Okay, here it is. Uh, I, so I sent you a picture of these huge headdresses. I bought these from Greg Thompson Production. I love the base, but the feathers look really dirty and blah. Is it possible to clean cock feathers? I'm using these in my Parisian cabaret show coming up and all the other headdresses are white. I have two of these monsters. Any suggestions? So I remember seeing these two on one of your uh, first tees and wondering where they were from. I don't think you could whiten them, but they're they just dirty. Try a good detergent on a single feather and see how it turns out. Talk to Donna London. So you connect with Donna London, who would connect me with the feather person at Jubilee. I was at the top, like getting this advice. She yeah. was the one who maintained everything beautifully. White feathers are a bitch, which is why so few of us use them. They're usually just replaced. Don't try to use bleach. It will just make them brittle and may yellow them. Good luck. Incidentally, the word is spelled C-O-Q. Cock means a couple of different things. But that, of course, you know that. And sometimes... C-O-Q-U-E, your spelling lesson today, Maison Fabre spells it C-O-Q. Um, and then I said, I was wondering about the spelling. I thought maybe cock like rooster. And then I said, now I have a horrible image in my head of a cock hat. <laughs> yeah, and it's pro it's pronounced coke. I know, and that's like, I can't spell it and read it how it's spelled, but oh my gosh, you were, you were cracking up. And then there's beautiful, about you went on about um, the feather thing, which just was really funny. But anyway, the gardeners were there and we were trying to hear and you were saying that uh, you didn't, they didn't speak English and you didn't know how to say leaf blower in Spanish and he was in your gardener's death. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, God. it just goes on. So I do want to read this very last part because it explains why the heck we're doing this. Um, because the book is almost done. So here's what I wrote and I want to read your sweet response. Hello, Pete. The book is almost complete. Just getting the last stragglers to turn theirs in, and we are almost done with the proofing one last time. It's coming together, and it's going to be a beautiful book. I was going to write a bit about why I wrote it, but thought since it's an interview form, it would be fun to have someone interview me about that, about what this experience has been from starting the podcast to seeing the book come together. You were the first person I thought of since I've had you on so many times, and you've listened to so many of the episodes. Would you consider doing that? And then you wrote, this made me cry. Ah, oh, Sherry, I'm overwhelmed. Of course, I would, be, I would be honored to do that. I was piqued to hear 
the first few episodes and was astonished to hear from all the performers, particularly personal insecurities. So many of the performers didn't realize that they were the carefully chosen core of an incredible show. Your dedication to the podcast has been astonishing and the growth in just a few years has been both amazing and justified. The podcast and the book will be certainly will certainly be primary source material in the future. Just let me oh. don't know when you'd like to interview. Um, and so I just said, you made me cry. I said, I'm honored. And so I just, again, I, I want, I want it to be you because I, if, if somebody who hasn't listened to the podcast, it doesn't work. And I've met you in person. I've had you on more than anybody else. I just, I love that, that I love that. I know you, I love what this experience has done for me to meet incredible people. I would not have met because I wasn't in, in hello Hollywood. You were already on to the next 12 shows you were doing. By the time I got there, I'd never had met you. And to right. the hello Hollywood reunion when you did that talk with um karen burns and it was i was like this is whose costumes i ever had no idea about your dance career so just i'm honored to be able to have you on zoom again and i'm honored that you said yes so that was the longest introduction anyone's ever had but i had uh, to get the i had to get the cock part in there because i'm not very mature and my spelling is terrible <laughs> oh god well, you know, no, nobody, nobody is born knowing everything. Right. We all, we all learn from each other. And, and it, it's funny. Uh, the first thing I knew about you was uh, when they were talking about the reunion and in, in Paris or the Bluebell reunion. And I thought, it that would be fabulous to go to. And then I thought, well, you know, it, it would be stupid because I know so few of the people. You know, you guys lived together for years and uh, were in the same row and hung out and had dinners together and celebrated birthdays and stuff. And I saw each of you twice for half an hour. So nobody knows me. And um, although I was quite involved with the shows, but, um, you know, that and that's been one of the blessings about um, not only your podcast, but also Facebook, because now I am friends with a lot of people from from all of the shows. And um, but the first thing I knew about you was there was this woman who had been a bluebell and her name was Sherry Lewis. And I started laughing because, <laughs> because I used to do Sherry Lewis's nightclub act. And, and I thought, oh my God, I wonder if she has a lamb chop. I do, Pete. I have a puppet lamb chop ah. because Pete, I got married into that name. That wasn't my name in the show. And when I go to auditions, I'm like, I'm just going to bring the freaking puppet and wear it in case people say that. I'm like, yes. And I also do ventriloquism. So here's oh. my pirouette. Here's uh, my puppet act. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I did I did Sherry's act for years and years and I I adore I did not her. know that part. I thought I knew everything, Pete. I know no, you've I, not done beauty pageants for toddlers and you've not done dog or cat shows. Right. Everything else we've covered. You've done it. And I asked you if you've done any anyone in outer space, and you said Shirley McLean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh anyway, I I was my interest was piqued that there was somebody else. There was another Sherry Lewis out there. And then I heard that I think you had had a hip operation and you were going to be on crutches 
Is that true? I had a walker at the reunion. I had a long gown, a walker. It was only three days after I had to get permission to fly. And my legs were huge and I had compression stocking. And I also had a little bit of uh, volume in my system. Oh, so that was fun. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. I hobbled in and I found out because I showed up with a walker. All these dancers are coming up. Oh, hip replacement. Me too. Me too. Like it was so many. That was a conversation started with everybody's like, oh, I've had mine done. Most every dancer has had <laughs> at least one hip or one knee done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. My, uh, my hips and my knees are fine, but my back is screwed up from tumbling. Oh yeah. Um, and when you uh, said you did step in time and how that was to film, like I'm survived, your back's not worse off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, I quit early. I quit when I was 26 and I haven't had, I didn't have a problem until about maybe five or six years ago. And, uh, and, uh, I, and I thought it was my hip. I thought I'd need to have a hip replacement. And I finally got a, a scan and it's, it's my spine. I have spinal stenosis. Oh yeah. And that's, that's how I first knew about you. And, and. Did you uh, listen to podcasts before? Cause a lot of people have never listened to podcasts. I never did. Never did. So you had to have some reason to make you even listen. Was it a, an interest to know about what it was or? Well, I was, I was certainly curious uh, because your, your focus was on bluebells, on dancers and people that had been in, in the shows that I had worked on. And I thought, well, you know, that's got to be interesting. Uh, but I had no idea. I, I had no <laughs> idea. And I know that, uh, I've, I've just spoken to you about um, a very personal podcast that is, I think, one of your most recent. And um, it's, it's incredible uh, what, what people have shared on your podcasts. I mean, I was, I was, uh, in, I was very interested at first in in hearing how how a lot of people felt about being in the show you know and about you know working topless or or not working topless or just being in a a, a show that was topless and um, it's i i don't i really don't think that I know that everyone was quite young when they were hired for the shows, because that's that's when you dance. Mm-hmm. You're in your late teens and early twenties, and uh, but I think I think everybody didn't have the healthiest attitude about uh, what they were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of it was uh, partly caused by relatives, by parents, you know, and um, but if if any if any of you ever really realized uh, how how difficult it was to be hired for one of Don's shows and work in it. 
you would you would have been so proud and so amazed. And I know he has he has a terrible reputation for auditions, but he always got what he wanted. And he he would never settle for anything less. And on, on anything, anything, costumes or scenery or or uh, um, and and I, you know, I sat through all the auditions because I had to measure a lot of people, uh, and uh, it 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 didn't really matter to Don if if you looked okay, if you were the right height, uh, and if you were talented. He wanted people who sold. Mm. You know, he wanted people who could make a show happen, not just competent people. He wanted special people. And he got them. Mm. And he got them. And I know it wasn't always pleasant the way he got them or, or pleasant the way he turned some people down. But, uh, you know, he, he had such a stringent uh, idea of, of what the, the show should be. And, uh, and, and we all had to audition for it. I had to audition. Bob Mackey and Ray Uggian had to audition. Mm. We all drew on spec for Don, you know. So I think it's interesting, too. A lot of them said that they came in not appreciating or the whatever insecurities, but then there's so many, when they tell their story now, they look back and say, this was some of the best, this is the best time of my life. Exactly. So I think that there, there are some that like maybe struggle with it, but I think for the most part of all like 174 interviews I've done, most of them have this huge appreciation for it and understanding. Like I just watched all that jazz again for, I mean, I've watched it so many times and I'm watching that audition scene for yeah. Fosse and there's like, probably 300 that's the one I did in Vegas was like 300 dancers what I heard was 300 and I'm watching thinking I was in a group that size and only three girls got hired right how does he, and then I was thinking how is that possible how did I even see anybody so maybe from listening to you tell the story to other people how amazing it was to get hired I saw it in a different way watching that movie and going oh I could just not have been seen I could have not stepped forward I could have not done how like what it is on that day that he sees something and you bring it that you could have been one of those hundreds that just like, damn it. And then you go to the next one and you wait and see if you get that. But I think it, you've helped me with that perspective of understanding it was special. It wasn't like, dang, we're short on dancers. They were going everywhere. They were going all over the world, getting their dancers. They could just say, no, we'll wait till we get what we want. Yeah. So I hope everybody that listens to this hears that what you've had to say to others, like it was, it was hard to get in those shows. It was, it was beyond hard. I mean, it was beyond hard. By the time you you have to check all the all the box the regular boxes, how how tall you need to be, you obviously need to be very attractive. You know, he wasn't hiring the Hunchback of Notre Dame to hump across stage, and <laughs> he, he, uh, so every, everybody was really beautiful, and uh, uh, and. And then you, then you had to really do whatever it was you were being asked to do, uh, be it sing or, or, or dance. And, uh, 
And then beyond that, he wanted, he wanted something else. He wanted people who projected and who looked like they would uh, maintain a show, like they yeah. would be real professionals. And, uh, but mainly it was, it was projection. And it didn't have to be the same thing. I, it used to kill me to watch him audition showgirls because, you know, you think a showgirl, you know, she's going to be tall. She's going to be beautiful. She's going to have a great body. And that wasn't really what Don, I mean, he wanted that. And of course it was the, you know, the first thing he, he looked at, but they were all different. If you look at, at the women that were in any of his shows, big shows, uh, like Jubilee or Hello Hollywood, Hello, or Hallelujah Hollywood. The uh, the showgirls are all different. They all have different selves. They all, you know, there are some who are very sweet on stage. There are women like Trish who are untouchable. They look like they came from another planet. And then there's women who are just, you know, slap your grandma's face sexy. <laughs> I've heard that expression. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and one of the things that I learned from Don, watching him do dress parades with with showgirls, is very often he would have chosen an outfit for, say, a, a girl who looked kind of like an ingenue, and uh, and it would be very soft. It would be uh, ostrich feathers and and. Uh, um, and pale pink, maybe, and, and white, and very sweet. And it looked great on her. And I remember helping Bob uh, when Don was was uh, dress parading jewel box. And Don would say, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I want her, I want her in the purple and black, which was a very sophisticated outfit. And I thought, well, she looks so great in this, but he would very often put, put a very sexual woman in very soft, kind of innocent feminine clothes. And, and then he would very often do the opposite. He would take somebody, you know, who looked very sweet and put them in a very spiky kind of tough showgirl costume. And, it, and it really kind of worked. And we all learned from, from, from Don with that, Ray and Bob and me. And uh, it was, he was, he was an extraordinary person. He really was. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry he had the drinking problem because uh, that's kind of what he's known for. And, and, and how outrageous he could be when he'd had a couple of nips. But um, at, at base, he was a genius. And, um, and, and he, had, he had, I started to say great taste, but it was something beyond great taste. He had the ability to know what was going to make an audience crazy. You know, mm -hmm. 
he had the ability to uh, put stuff together so it was beyond acceptable for an audience and to pour it on them until they didn't know what hit them. Oh, I like that. You know, uh, wow. when you saw Don's shows, you know, you couldn't see everything. You could not see everything. And you never saw the costumes because you guys were predicated in groups of eight and out of the eight, only six were on stage at a time. And the seventh person was the swing that went in six days. And the eighth person was the spare that went in if, if one of the eight was ill and, and, and the swing was on. So you, nobody ever saw the same show every night. Yeah. But you could watch it every night for a couple of weeks and see, I never saw that. Like, I think you were saying that people didn't realize there was a lion in the show. <laughs> and, like, how did you miss that? Well, there's so many things to look at. Like, there's a lion? Yeah. And uh, of course, and it, it, it made me laugh because the first time I heard it was in Hello, Hollywood, Hello. And in the finale, the calliope opened up and there was this lion and the whole, the entire cast, all 148 <laughs> people, just <laughs> upstage and sang, hello, Leo, hello. And I thought they didn't know there was a lion in the show. They must have passed out. <laughs> you know? The lion was gone when I got there. I have a question though. You've listened to most of them, I think. And I love that you will reach out when, when one hits you differently. You, t you make a point, which I really, pre I don't know who's listening. I don't really pay attention anymore because I used to be able to see, you know, how many were listening to know if it's worth doing it. So I don't even know. I might have one listener I don't know anymore, but it means a lot when you reach out. Miles Riley's another one that will, he reached out about the breast cancer one. He said, that's my favorite one you've done. So after hearing some, because you would think it's going to be similar because we did the show, but they're all so different. Well, there, what, are, what are the ones that stand out and why, or what is the stories that kind of like, they're, uh, they're, all, to you. they're all interesting to me because number one, we all started out the same. We all started out in dance class, you know, mm -hmm. that's a given. But then what, what you did for a living as a dancer or as a performer uh, was different for everybody. And, and so many of the uh, bluebells uh, didn't land in a show and stay there. A lot of the bluebells uh, worked, for instance, uh, Hello Hollywood, Hello, and then they'd work Barcelona, and then they'd work uh, Hong Kong, and because and and Italy, because blue had had people all over the world, New Zealand, Australia, yeah. and. Uh, uh, and and that was that's interesting to me. And then of course, you know, we all we all ha have the period where you can't dance anymore. You know, you outgrow it. And mm -hmm. and and that's intensely interesting to me. What people uh, what people do, what your life becomes after that, uh, because. I know a, a lot of people uh, taught class, you know, uh, but 
it and 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 the longevity of some people's careers oh, is, is astonishing to me. I mean, people don't realize how hard um, a living dancing is, professional dancing, and uh, and and to know that there were people in their forties still on stage. I mean, geez. Uh, I mean, the I guess the the biggest example of that is Linda Green in uh, uh, in Jubilee. Because Linda and her husband were one of our adagio teams when we began. And she ended up as a, a principal woman in the show. And she was there for a very, very long time. I wish she would, I wish she would uh, do an interview with you. I think I might have. Re- I'm going to try her again. Was she Delilah for the longest time? Was Linda Green? Because I feel like when I interviewed my friend Michael Sh- uh, Sharon, she had been in the show for a really long time and he took over as Samson for a little while and she trained him or taught him. She said, I'll work with you. I think she'd been in, been in a long time, but that's why I needed the stories because I was told 30, you know, don't go to college. You're wasting four years that you, sh- you need to be out there dancing. Cause it's going to be over quick and right. find oh. out. No, not necessarily. No, I felt the same way. I couldn't wait to get out in the world and, and, and start working. You know, and I had done stock earlier, but, uh, you know, I was I was just desperate to. To be a dancer, just get out there. Yeah. I, do you have any questions for me as far as like I did, the three year mark was in May? So we're just a month past that of just um, like anything you're curious about, because um, I guess we can't tell you about podcasting skills because you can see I'm on Zoom with my dog behind me that barks every time so i don't have a studio i don't have a manager my daughter does <laughs> loading yeah. up on spotify for me well no it's uh you know I, I i'm not sure i have any any questions but i have such admiration for you doing this i mean it's 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 such a, an an extraordinary thing and um, and I, I I I know that you you probably don't check to see how many people tune in on everything, but I think you'd be really surprised if you knew. Mm. A lot of times I'll just scroll back and 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 think, oh, you know, I haven't I haven't seen that. And then all of a sudden I find out that, you know, one of the dancers was going to be in the, in the Olympics, Jan, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jan. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there's, they're, they're all, they're all interesting to me all every single one. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard, heard one that, uh, bored me. Or, or, I have people that say, I don't know if I have an interesting story. One of my oh. favorite was Jilly Tasker said, I don't think it's going to be interesting. Hers was a riot. Hers was so fabulous. And I go, see, I knew you had an interest. You can't have done those shows and not have an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, anybody who did that for a living has, has a, a, a story that 
regular people uh, would gasp at, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, just appearing in a show like that is, is monumental. I mean, it really is. And, uh, uh, and when you guys, when you guys were doing Hello Hollywood, Hello, it was the biggest show in the world. In the still whole is. World. It's still in, it still holds that title, I think. Yeah, I, I know Beirut was big. And Don at one point was going to do Beirut and had I, talked, yeah. talked to us about doing it. I would have loved to have done it. But, you know, the, the Hello Hollywood, Hello was a monumental show. Monumental. Mm -hmm. and, and it changed Reno. It yeah. Really oh, yeah. It's still, well, I told you, I'm going to be going to Reno next month. And I, I want to say, I will tell you what the, one of my reasons I started and the benefit I got first, it was being at the reunion in Paris and hearing the stories we were waiting to check in because the lines were long, which was great because it gave you more time to meet people. Because I didn't know anybody. I knew Miriam and uh, Kate Mayo from Hello Hollywood because it was mostly the Paris group. So there were not that. And then Leslie Bandy and Liz Elliott were there. So I knew a few people from my show, but not that much. And so it was just hearing people in line telling their stories and like, Oh, we need to collect these. We need to tell these. And I used to listen to, I had no idea how to do a podcast. And he was telling before we recorded that my daughter just said, do the part you love. That's when we had to figure out zoom, as you can see by our, our message, how long it took us to figure that out. Oh, we were, yeah. they were hysterical. At the beginning of drop, like, are you on what? So we'd be recording, like the people would disappear. They'd freeze. So I love that she did that for me because she knew I wanted to do it. She said, so she figured out how to get it onto Spotify and iTunes. I have somebody to set up a website because that was what limited me is like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Yeah. So then I go, well, it feels really important to tell these stories because watching Jubilee close in Vegas and go what's left. And then to go to Paris and see that there's still now Lido's closed. I'm even more happy of the timing that I caught this while we were yeah. still fresh in the reunion, but I, didn't understand when I did it, how important it would be to me to feel like arc, the importance of archiving and holding. I'm all about story. Like story means so much to me. That's how we grow. That's how we accept other cultures. If you get to know stories, people aren't other or different or commonality. And so every time someone would open up and share something with me, it feels sacred. Like I know after I got off every interview with you, but when you shared about the fire, I thought I'm holding something very precious and tender I will never take for granted that someone shared their story publicly to be shared. And I love when people listen to other people's stories and are moved by them or they laugh. So that yeah. part for me, as far as community, like it's, oh my gosh, we're connecting. Like people are finding each other when I post a picture and then someone's friend who didn't know where they were will see their picture and then they connect. So, or you should reach out to my friend. So for me during COVID, when there was nothing going on, it felt like there was this fun network that was joining together and we were finding each other and it felt like we were reclaiming. Like you said, maybe we didn't have the attitude that was healthy. When we were there, but we got it later as this appreciation that we had this opportunity. And then the friendships, because I said, I'm going to Reno in a month because one of the girls, uh, Sharn Idris, who Edis, who was at Jubilee in Paris, went to Vegas at show closed. Now she's working in Reno. So we kept in touch. She's a young girl that really, why is she, you know, with a 63 year old, 
She's like, I'm so excited to see you. So I'm going to come see her in the show. A few other bluebells that I've never met in person, Gina Kasky. Well, I know Liz Thompson. We're going to go see the show and go see a fellow bluebell on the show. I'm going to meet up with people. And there's this network of extremely gracious people. Like when I came to Reno and I saw you, let's have a meal together. When I went to Paris, these beautiful young generation Lido dancers were like, we'd love to meet you and have lunch. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm privy to this. Yeah. And it's just the the friendships and the openness that people have once they know you did these shows to just open their heart to you and say, come stay with me when you're in England or come stay with me. And I'm like, I don't have that other friendship things. Like I'm in town. Oh, great. Maybe we'll have coffee. So there is something in this community that you're is all, just you're so all beautiful. We're all that. Yeah. Like you find a sibling that just, you know, yeah, that you found again. And so I've been, you've been in the trenches together. Yeah. And it, it, that means a great deal. I'm still, I'm still very good friends with everybody I danced with. Yeah. That's still alive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is people, since I wrote yeah. the book, we've lost Adrian Lepeltier and his stories in there. And I go, yeah. I want to get these while we're still here because I mean, I was getting, Rich Rizzo was going to do an interview and he said, I'm in the hospital. I'll be okay. Maybe we'll do it pretty soon. And he passed. And then it was like, how many choreographers? That was also um, like, oh, oh my gosh, my name, the names drop out of my head. Oh, man. Um, pardon me? Oh, Manson. Well, no, but I just, I also, I did a slideshow for the ones we've lost and I, I knew a lot, but then people kept sending me more and more. And it was so many, I couldn't stop crying. I'm like, well, yeah. it was from AIDS. Like the pictures they had were them in the eighties and then there's no current pictures. So that was a thing too. It's like, we've already lost so many. And, and some people said, we didn't get to grieve together. We didn't yeah. find out about how many people were taken by AIDS until we were out of the show business. And then, right. but now I think there's a collective grieving that feels important 40 years later of what we didn't get to do together. So I think it, that feels really sacred too, of just, the, you know, the losses that we've had that are still part of the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very moving uh, podcast. Very yeah, helpful. There's, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot. It just feels like get, get the stories told because, you know, I think I've managed a few times. There's women in their 80s that, so they've never even talked about their Bluebell lives. Like people don't get it or, and then yeah. they have their grandkids listen to it and go, I didn't know grandma did that. Or, you yeah. know, like people, some of the girls in the Lido when it closed have little ones. And they said, I want my daughter. I wanted her to see me in the show. But that's why I felt like, okay, we've got the podcast. We've got the book. We have their story. There's photo, there's video. Keep this stuff alive. Yeah. And, and um, you know, when, when I, I, I told you that I'd be happy to do this with you, uh, I, I did mention that all of this is very, very important because it's all first person. And it's, it, it's going to, in years to come, it's going to be the source material mm. for, for what we all did. And we'll be the voices that people here, the people that really did it. Yeah, not secondhand. I love because, that. Because of you. Thank you, Pete. Yeah. yeah, like you stumble on something, go, I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't not do it. I have to keep going. And it's just now I'm thinking I'm starting to see a little bit more of oh, it's the importance of it. 
extraordinary. It's very important. And, uh, and you know, everybody uh, wants to keep that period rolling. And, you know, it, <laughs> it's not happening. You know, yeah. it's, it's history now. But the important thing that you've done is, is made everybody's voice available and everybody's, um, uh, everybody's history and, and, and what, you know, what they all did. And it's, it's, it's cumulative. I mean, they're all important. Everybody that was on that stage is important. And or backstage back and designing and yeah. yeah, yeah, really amazing. So, Pete, and we're we're this is going to be the last at the last um, interview in the book because I I kind of wanted to have a why well, I did it. So, your words might be the last thing, unless you have a question. Is there anything you want to say that would be the last paragraph in the book? Pete Menefee said this statement. <laughs> I think it's uh, it 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 started out being something that was amusing and terrific and and wonderful, but I think it's morphed into something that is much more important than that. It's um, it's our history. The human yeah. history, too, not just the fantasy show oh, biz it, person. It's the human, real people. Not somebody who looked at the show and wrote about it. It's, it's, it's written and voiced by the, by the people who were the show. And, oh. uh, and it, the period will never happen again, I don't think. It certainly won't happen the same way. And... Um, uh, I I just think it's so. In it's turned out to be so important, and mm. I guess, yeah. I I can't wait. I can't wait to see the book. It's so pretty because all these photos are amazing. And yeah. again, I didn't trust myself to put it together. So a friend of mine who does graphic design, she showed me just a couple samples. I'm like. And we're doing hardback. It's going to be in color. You can't not do color for Don Arden show. You can't have a black and white. Yes. So it'll probably cost more than what, you know, it's not like a paperback, but I wanted it to do justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think with the Lido closing, I was there that last week. I couldn't be there last night because we didn't know when it was. But for me, even getting those interviews and watching that last rehearsal and talking to management like Jeremy and Jane and hearing their perspective. If the oh. Lido's going away, I want to be there till the bitter end, the beautiful, glorious end. Yeah. And witness it and grieve it and celebrate that, you know, there's no more bluebells, at least for now. Right. But we've got our stories. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I, I just think it's so important. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've certainly enjoyed it. But uh, now I think that it's, it's source material. Yeah, it, you know, maybe some it, college college de dance department will say you need to research the bluebells because people don't teach that history. They talk about the same kind of same few people we hear Martha Graham and this and that, which is all fabulous. But yeah. cabaret needs to have um, 
that the, the credit, the credibility it, it's earned. Yeah. Well, people, you know, it, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I think a lay person does not really know what a cabaret show was. Yeah. And, uh, and, and certainly not the ones that Don did because they were extraordinary. They were. We got uh, to do that. So yeah. Pete, I have been so honored. And I think, because I've had you on panels, I will find another panel. Like I can get Pete on this one. We've done one on Bluebell. We've done one on his, the showgirl thing. We just did one oh, for the three-year anniversary. Like you say yes, which makes me so happy. And uh, you just oh, add your voice to different perspectives. You know, each time you have so many stories. So thank you for, for that, for every part of your story that's in there. Thanks for this. And just thanks for being my friend. And I will come down for LA. If you promise there'll be wine and sandwiches, I will, I'll drive down. (laughs) Always. always. Thank you. Thank you, you, Pete. I adore you. And I know so many of us do. And we're so grateful that we got to wear Uh your costume. Bye. Bye.